0: This podcast is sponsored by OMI, the company that makes CRM work. Today, my guest is Scott Barrington, a global Chief Information Security Officer at a large manufacturing company. Scott, thank you for being here. I'm excited to talk to you. Can you just start by, you know, <laughs> usually you see three three letters in the acronym in the C-suite. Um, you have four, so you must be extra extra important here. What what is a what is a Chief
1: Information Security Officer? Hey, thanks for having me as well. And um, the Chief Information Security Officer is the person inside of an organization that's responsible for everything related to cybersecurity. And, you know, I could have the three-letter acronym, CSO, uh, but generally that means that you're responsible for things like physical security as well. And uh, I don't have that responsibility. And and so...
0: That's interesting, and so and so you deal entirely. I don't know. I, I was about to say the metaverse, but that is a very trendy, uh, on you know, new, situ- new situation. You, you've been doing this for a lot longer. Give me a little more detail on that. What, like, what 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 does your job entail? Then you're not you know you're not you're not hiring the uh, bouncers outside of the uh, you know the server farms, but uh, but what what are
1: what are you doing? That's right. So, you know, my team's responsible for protecting and shielding the company uh, from attacks that originate in the cyberspace. So think of hackers, you know, our day to day job is to defend the organization against those who want to uh, launch some type of attack against us uh, remotely.
0: And, you know, just given the nature of the way the information has changed in the last, you know, let's say, I, I I don't know if 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 there was a, even a concept of this maybe even seventy five years ago, maybe even fifty years ago but but how, how in the last say twenty five years has has your field changed what What are the, some of the major things you've seen shift over that time
1: So you're right. this was not a thing seventy five years ago. You know when I first started in the industry, uh my very first company wasn't even connected to anything outside of ourselves we were only connected from office to office, but there was no such thing at that time as, you know, the internet and this whole cyberspace. And so 25 plus years ago, when I got started in this field, uh, the information security role was really about uh, managing accounts, passwords, access to the mainframe, things of that nature. And so as I started, uh, while I was in college doing a uh, internship, and it was funny because at the time the guys that I worked with were old mainframers, and they would say, "Oh, give that to the new guy. You know, this is going to be a fad. Uh, we'll always be <laughs> a mainframe organization." And uh, it wasn't very long before those old guys were actually reporting to me in a more holistic security world
0: you provided a few notes to me before the conversation which were very helpful but there's one thing i want to see if we can dig in on you you said you know back then you know 25 years ago you could think like a pure technician that's no longer the case what what does that mean exactly
1: yeah so you know i like to say security's full of propeller heads you know people who think about black and white and uh just purely the the technical aspect of it uh right. But to be a chief information security officer, you have to think more like the business. You have to, I I commonly meet with the top business leaders in our organization and they're not technical people. So if I went and just started talking like a pure technician to them, uh, there would be no connection between us. And so, you know, I have to understand the business and what is the what are the business priorities and then align the technical aspects to make sure that we're meeting uh, those objectives.
0: Scott can you take me through the universe of risks that that you are sort of trying to guard against here and like you know maybe you could rank them even in terms of you know, okay, long shot, but really bad to, hey, this is a typical everyday thing, but and it, it happens, uh, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, are you, are you dealing with like corporate espionage? Are you dealing with people who are trying to steal information so that they can, you know, blackmail the company? Like, wh- what, what, what are the risks here? I'm, I'm, my imagination is kind of running wild. Maybe you can bring me back to her. Uh
1: So you're not far off on all of those. Uh, definitely what we call insider threat or cyber espionage is something that we have to deal with. Matter of fact, there's multiple uh, bad actors out there on the internet today that will pay your employees a large sum of money to gain access to your system. So you think about our system administrators. You know, We believe that we're paying our system administrators appropriately for the market. However, someone comes and offers them an opportunity to make a million bucks to get that privileged access that they have. And so you you really do have to watch for issues like that, and you know there's technology that can help us to do that, but uh it it's a it's an emerging field. Uh, but you know from a day to day, the blocking and tackling of my world are the things that we've been doing for ages, looking for vulnerabilities in our systems or weaknesses that someone might try to exploit to gain access, defending against cyber attacks you know, where uh, a bad actor is trying to, you know, gain access to our systems. And, and we do that on a daily basis. So so I,
0: I have so many questions I want to ask you, but I guess just a real brief one. Do you guys, you know, are there ethical hackers who who come and say, Hey, we, we found some bugs. Like do you, you guys pay out a bug bounty for, for disclosing these to you? Like, is, is that something you guys do? Or is that not really part of, uh, part of what we're talking about here?
1: No, it's uh It's actually a real thing. So ethical hackers, you can either engage with them directly and they do what we call a penetration test of your defenses. So they, you know, try to execute uh, different attacks that go against vulnerabilities to see if they can capture the flag. And those are all well-controlled activities that you do with these hackers. But then you also have people that, you know, are called researchers And those are not necessarily people that you've engaged with directly, but they come to you and say, hey, on this system or this product, you know, we found this security vulnerability uh, that we want you to be aware of. And you you probably want to fix this because this is something we believe that someone else could find as well. And, um, you know, bug bounty programs, they're real, uh, but I would say it's also an area that just recently, everybody's paying more attention to and scrutinizing and, you know, making sure that uh, all of this is above board and ethical and and whatever the way that we uh, reward these researchers for, for this type of work.
0: So I want to ask you about how organizations can sort of beef up their information security, but... Maybe we could start on the other side, which is how does how does someone who's maybe interested in this field how do they get started what is the path to becoming you know a chief information security officer
1: so becoming the chief information security officer is really um, it's working your way through the through the range right and I would say anybody who wants to get into this space, this is the time and opportunity to do so uh even in the current culture you know last numbers that I saw is there was about two million unfilled security jobs in the industry. So there's more demand for people than there are experienced people to fill those jobs. But you know, in order to do that, I'd say for anyone looking to one day fill the seat, it's start right now. Just be willing to say yes. Right. Uh, when you're asked to do something, take that on as an opportunity uh, to gain experience and, and make yourself more well-rounded. Uh, often, a lot of people are very experienced in one area of cybersecurity, but maybe lack some of the other pieces that aren't so sexy. And you know, we—anybody uh, who's in the space will know—writing security policies is not the most sexy thing that you could ever do. However, it's important from a from a chief information security officer perspective because the security policy is the foundation of which management has set boundaries for the company. And so you're the enforcer of that policy. And so I would just tell everybody, be well-rounded. You can't be 100% compliance focused. Uh, You gotta understand technology and you can't be 100% technology focused. You need to understand compliance in the business.
0: So I'm a soccer fan. And so the metaphor I would use here, it seems to me like your job is sort of like being the goalkeeper. Like when everything's going well, nobody notices. And then when things go wrong, (laughs) it's all on you. That's Uh, right. Talk about that component of the job. It seems like not just like knowing the how, you know, the how, but the almost like the moral fiber or the, you know, the, the ability to say, Hey guys, look, this is on me or, 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 I guess, you know, just the, the buck stops with you. So whatever cliche yeah. you want to use, you're, you're the accountability. man. Accountability. So, yeah. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. I, I preach accountability uh, with my team and within the industry, really, uh, because at the end of the day, we're the ones that are accountable. So we have to be part fortune teller and look at the events that are happening around us and say, boy, how could those affect us? And then, you know, also operating the switches. So at some some point in time, you know, cyber hygiene is a hundred percent dependent upon you, right? The, the hygiene of your organization
0: is is that a cultural thing that you can instill, or or are you more? Is there a way that you find that you know when when you're hiring, when you're when when you're asking questions of of you know prospective people for your team, like that you're you're sussing out at that point, or maybe it's both.
1: Yeah. So when I'm hiring, one of the things that I look for is just kind of a natural inquisitive nature always questioning and asking the why behind things that that's so important for anyone in in security uh because not only do you need to understand why and how things work but then you need to be understanding uh, of processes that are inside your organization and where are their weaknesses inside those processes not just the technology aspect.
0: So Scott, you, you know, your company is a very large company. What, what are some of the smaller organizations that you, that you see? What do they get wrong when they're building their security system? What are some of the challenges maybe unique to, to smaller companies?
1: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things with smaller companies, just because they're constrained with resources, they often think the technology person that they've hired can handle information security. And and that's just not the case. Matter of fact, we often have uh, differing objectives in front of us. Think about the if I compared myself to a chief information officer, the CIO of a company, one of the primary objectives of the CIO is about uptime and availability. And so at all costs, you make sure that your systems are up and running. Well, that's important to a chief information security officer. Matter of fact, it's in the triad of confidentiality, integrity, and availability. That's something that you know security is focused on, but it's only a part. And so we have to also think about confidentiality and integrity of those systems as well. And so often the desire is to get you know the CIOs to get things out there fast and uh, quick. Not necessarily focused on the confidentiality and integrity uh, of those systems. Hmm. So, you know, giving that job to the technology guy, they're going to often overlook the risk side of things.
0: Gotcha. That's that's really interesting. And and you know, and you've 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 been preaching, you know, also understanding the the business goals and and north star of, of the organization you're serving, which obviously has some effect on on the choices someone in your role makes, right? For, for how you protect the organization.
1: Yeah, and I think you have to have the North Star, if you will, the, the plan that you're executing against. And I use a standards-based framework for our information security program, have in the last few companies that I've worked for. And basically that, that plan is based off of an industry framework. And we set our strategy uh, based on where we are and where we want to be if you follow those standards, you're gonna address you know, 90 plus percent of all uh, security risk that an organization may face. Uh, and so one of the things that I do is we do an assessment against the framework. Uh, we set forth our strategy or a plan over the next three to five years, and we execute against that plan. And we don't, we don't change unless somebody can make a really good argument of why we should be doing something different. And I think that's something that small organizations struggle with is they're very um, incident focused. So something happens in uh, either to the organization or around them, and then they go and look for technology or solutions uh, to meet that one specific need. And so what they end up doing is spending a lot of money on different tools, technology, but not getting the really the protection that they need and addressing the risks that are that are focused on their organization or their industry. All right,
0: so let's 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 turn the tables now. What can small to medium-sized organizations do to avoid some of these pitfalls? Like how can they how can they get better at this?
1: Well, I think starting with um, you know, a standard industry framework in assessing yourself against that. And, you know, we do twice a year assessments of ourself against our framework. We want to see where we're making uh, progress and where we need to continue to, to adjust. And then sometimes you look and you say, you know what, the needs of our industry or the needs of our company have changed and this is no longer a priority for us and we'll make those changes. But we just, we don't do it on a whim. And so I would suggest for smaller, you know, small to medium sized companies that you really drive your CISO to be focused around a, a framework. It'll save you time, money, everything in the long term.
0: And when you say framework, you know, I, I think there's one that you you mentioned in these notes so that I think maybe we should mention just, it'll give someone, listen sure. to this, something they can Google It's the NIST cybersecurity framework. Maybe you could just say what is what is it about that one that made you want to mention it, and you know what should people be looking for when they're evaluating art? Right, is this something we want to we want to try to implement here?
1: Yeah. So for over the last decade of my career, I've been working either with or around a financial technology company, and uh, our customers are all banks. And so in the U.S., the U.S. regulators who oversee the banks, and they use the Nest. Uh, framework. And so I've built all of my assessment techniques and capabilities around that framework to make sure that we're meeting the needs that the bank itself is going to be assessed against. But NIST is a great one because it easily maps out to other frameworks you might choose like um, ISO or COBIT. There's an easy mapping between NIST and those other frameworks. I would say it's, it's not the specific framework that you choose because they're all good. Just choose one and focus on that.
0: Gotcha. And then you also mentioned that, you know, look, even if your company is not at a stage where you want to make a full-time hire here, there are solutions for, you know, getting a fractional CISO, right? Or, or someone who can do this, you know, not as a full-time employee, but can still provide a lot of value.
1: That's right. So if you're in a situation where you can't necessarily afford to go out and hire a full-time CISO, there are organizations out there now who are uh, providing you know, CISO as a service or you know some kind of fractional uh, CISO role where you give a percentage of their time. They come in, they help you to do this type of assessment, to create a strategy and plan and then help you oversee and manage risk but they're just not a full-time employee and you can get them uh get that help at a fraction of the cost and so for smaller organizations that may be the best uh path for you rather than believing that the technology person that you have on staff or the person most familiar with technology often is the way it goes uh is capable of managing these risks Scott, I imagine someone in your role is constantly thinking about
0: what could go wrong. What is or what are the most pressing items, in your opinion, the things that are on the horizon that you're most worried about in this in this respect? Uh, what's keeping you up at night?
1: Well, I'd say there's a, there's a personal and professional aspect to that. So, you know, from a personal perspective, as I'm seeing more and more accountability laid on the uh, shoulders of the chief information security officer, we're seeing regulations that come out that would really hold the uh, chief information security officer, your board of directors, maybe your management team, personally accountable up to and including uh, legally, right? So any type of criminal accountability there for for actions that they deem to put the company at risk. And then I would say from just an industry perspective. You know, we're seeing more and more regulations around the world uh, that our teams have to be aware of and make sure that we're uh, that we're meeting. And it's if you just take the United States alone, it's different from state to state. And you know, and so that's putting a huge burden on our information security teams. And then, you know, if it, I said, if you've been under a rock and you haven't heard about ransomware. Uh, It's not gone away. We're seeing fewer companies pay ransoms now, which is possibly a good thing. But your organization, uh, I would say, is just as susceptible to ransomware today as it was two to three years ago. And so, you know, the the hackers, the bad guys, they're constantly evolving and changing their techniques, and you got to make sure that you're adjusting and changing with them.
0: One last question for you, which is, how has um, this trend toward working from home uh, changed things in your field?
1: Uh, It's actually changed the industry a lot. I actually started uh, three and a half, four years ago, preparing our company for the ability that our security controls would work no matter where our employees were. So if you're at home, you're in a coffee shop, you're a hotel, you have the same type of security controls a lot of organizations had more of a legacy mindset to that and so they required or they had really good security when you were in the office and or they required you to connect through a VPN or something like that back to your corporate office to be secure well when the pandemic hit and everybody was immediately dispersed out of the offices and working from their homes or wherever a lot of companies really struggled because now they needed to take that legacy architecture and make it to where their employees were protected no matter where they were. And so I think we we had the right uh we had the right strategy there and so it wasn't really difficult for us to pivot to a full-time remote worker, but I know a lot of organizations did.
0: Scott, this has been really fascinating. Thank you for the time. I wonder maybe when as you leave us if you could suggest something for people to read if they're interested to, you know, or, 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 watch if, if they're interested in learning more here could be a, you know, uh, a publication that, that follows this, this field closely, um, a, a video that that is particularly good, like anything come to mind, a book, wh- whatever it is that, that help people, help people understand this a little better.
1: Uh, I would say there's, I mean, there is no shortage whatsoever of resources out there for anyone who wants to learn more. If you're interested in learning about you know the the techniques uh of attackers uh then I would say you know sites like Bleeping Computer or Dark reading those are all uh great sites that tell you about you know current attacks and things of that nature um if you're interested in you know learning more about becoming a uh a, a chief information security officer. I would say organizations like SANS provide you that good, uh, rounded uh, view of everything that's involved with information security. Fantastic. Scott, thanks again. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you.